Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I'm going to put on a parachute and jump and land somewhere in Arizona. That's where I'm going. You must be traveling on to Los Angeles. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show, as it gets warmer and warmer and warmer here in the state of Louisiana. I don't know what it is up north, but I'll tell you what, it's starting to get muggy and humid and feel exactly like Louisiana is supposed to feel. My name is Joe Burns, and I am flying solo today. Monique had a little bit of trouble at home and uh, told me that uh, I'm on my own today. So, like I said, I'm flying solo, and that tips the topic for today. Usually on Rock School, and this is kind of sad, but when we talk about aircrafts, we talk about the deaths of rock stars. We've done a couple shows that have dealt with the anniversary of the day the music died, and we've talked about uh, when rock stars have passed away in both uh, airline crashes, uh, small aircraft crashes, and uh, also helicopter crashes. Well, that kind of bothered me because it was pointed out to me a few times, man, you talk about death a lot. And yeah, I do, but it makes for easy topics on the show. So what I decided to do was talk about aircrafts today, but talk about it in terms of the hobbies that these guys do. You'd be amazed at how many rock stars actually fly jets, fly airplanes, fly helicopters. Furthermore, a lot of bands have their own aircrafts and they have them by silly names and a lot of people a lot of rock stars have famous aircrafts that they landed in and famous pictures of them around aircrafts and these aircrafts all have names so i thought i would put all this together take an hour play some music for you and give you some trivia that you can sort of throw around with your friends okay let's begin beatles you know that famous picture of the beginning of the British invasion. There they are coming down the steps onto the tarmac in New York. That was a Pan Am 707. Just be able to throw that number out. At the beginning of the song, back in the USSR, it states, flew in from Miami Beach BOAC. Okay, what's BOAC? That stands for British Overseas Airways Corporation. It's a British state-owned airline corporation created in 1940 from a merger of Imperial Airways and British Airways Limited. And in case you want to further impress your friends, it's the first company to fly the Concorde. There you go. So when the Beatles play, now you got a few things to talk about. We're talking aircrafts, and I'm flying solo just to try and get the joke in there one more time today here on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the Beatles, talking aircrafts right here on Rock School. Let me give you the names of some people who are uh, pilots. They do this either professionally or as part of you know a hobby while they're not singing on stage. Aaron Tippin, he is a commercial pilot, believe it or not. He got certified back in 2004. Single engine, multiple engine, private privileges. He can also fly a helicopter. I mean, this guy is, is schooled all the way around. Roy Clark has been a private pilot since 1998. Alan Jackson, the country singer, has been a private pilot since 1997. He can do both single-engine land and sea, multi-engine land and sea. I, I'm sure that means something. I, you know, The only thing I've ever done in a plane is got in the back and said yes when they put me down in the exit row. And the woman looked down, the stewardess looked down and said, are you willing to take on the responsibility? And to which I said, it's probably the people around me that are concerned about me being responsible for them. But sure, I'll take the responsibility. Can I have an extra bag of peanuts? Uh, David Lee Roth, believe it or not, has been a private pilot since 2006, but not airplanes. He flies helicopters. Of course he does. Can't just fly an airplane, can you? John Denver died in a private aircraft. In fact, he was flying sort of brand new aircrafts, testing things out, and uh, he flew it into the water. Chris DeGarmo of Queensryche flies private jets. Jesse Landry uh, is just starting out. He's trying to become a pilot. He's taking lessons. Tim Calvert of Nevermore flies private jets and actually flied professionally, flew professionally with SkyWest. Believe it or not. Uh, we'll give you some other ones a little later on, but this is one we're going to play. Steve Morse of the Dixie Dregs, also of Deep Purple, also played with Kansas, is licensed to be a commercial pilot and actually was flying as his life, as his income, uh, when he returned to music and joined up with Deep Purple. So Steve Morse actually is, I mean, a little more than just going out on the weekends and flying to the beach now and again. He was actually being paid to do it. Here is Morse with the Dixie Dregs, Cruise Control and Rock School. Dixie Dregs here on Rock School. Let's talk more about specific airplanes. If you've ever been to Memphis and have toured Graceland, and you really need to do it, it's a, it's a great time. It really is. And my opinion is go closer to Christmas. That's when my wife and I went, and there was like next to nobody there. Not, not that that hasn't changed, and when you go, you're going to be packed. But when we went right around Christmas time, and there was like nobody there. Elvis Presley has a an airplane or had an airplane that you know was his. He purchased the airplane. A lot of people think that the tail number of the airplane was TCB. It actually wasn't. The tail number of the airplane is N880EP. TCB was simply on the airplane's tail because he sort of adopted TCB, stands for taking care of business, as his mantra. That, that TCB was not the tail number of the airplane. Most people know that the airplane's name is Lisa Marie, named after his daughter, and it was a Convair 880. Uh, he didn't lease it. He actually owned the silly thing. Also... When the uh, Elvis Presley Convair 880, the Lisa Marie, wasn't available, 
what he did was use, believe it or not, Hugh Hefner's Playboy DC-9 for a concert tour. And there's a guy here, I have a quote from him. He went to uh, to work with Elvis uh, for a concert in Wichita, Kansas in 73 and was using Hugh Hefner's Playboy plane on that. And that's the, the one that's big and black and beautiful and it has the Playboy bunny head right on the tail. So Jimmy Buffett, believe it or not, is a pilot and he flies under the name Strange Bird, currently owns and flies, I mean, they're they're all over the place. He's got an HU-16 Albatross, he's got a Caravan, he's got a Stearman, he's got a Falcon 900, he also owned a Lake Renegade 250 and a Citation, um, almost got killed when he crashed one of his Grumman airplanes. So he's, I mean, he's got a slew of airplanes. He, uh, from what I understand, can sail the Caribbean without charts, and he also flies, so... You know, I mean, what a guy. And finally, we'll play this one. Deep Purple, for the longest time, flew around in a DC-9 jet. So what? Well, it was painted purple. That makes sense. Here's Deep Purple in Rock School. Okay, coming into the first break here on Rock School, a couple other rock stars who fly just for the heck of it. Gary Newman of Cars fame. Interesting. Not the group Cars. He sang the song in Cars. Yeah, he is a pilot as well. Patrick Swayze used to fly single-engine aircrafts. Um, Alex Lifeson has been a licensed pilot for over 25 years. Alex Lifeson of Rush, of course. I had the opportunity to go on a flight. As a matter of fact, I was flown out to Los Angeles to do some work with the Reels channel. They brought me out there to be one of their their music experts. Woohoo! Hopefully, uh, when those shows air, I'll, I'll let you know when it happens. But they flew me out, uh, literally out to Los Angeles, and then back the very next morning. I was I was out and back within 22 hours, five hours out, five hours back from New Orleans Airport all the way out to LAX. And the, the thing is, I, I love to fly. I adore flying, especially the takeoff. I, I like taking off from smaller airports because I like when the pilot holds his foot on the brake and fires up the engine and then lets it go and just bang, right down the runway. Didn't get to do that on these. I mean, these, these both, both New Orleans and LAX have these straight shot runways where you can just barrel down and, and pick up all the speed. But I, I noticed on, on both of these, if you were going to be, and I don't know, do you use the word stewardess anymore? Or is everybody on the airplane a steward? I know because you're not supposed to use the word actor and actress anymore. Everybody's an actor depending on their gender. And I mean, do you use stewardess anymore? But I, I, I sat there and watched as these uh, as these people did their job, and I mean it's 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 an amazing job that they do. But I've decided if I ever get out of teaching, this is what I want to do. I want to go into this, and I'm going to get name tags because I don't want somebody calling me out by name. But what I'm going to do is if uh, if I get a chance to do this, I'm going to get a name tag that uh, one of them is going to say, yes, you can keep the can, stop asking me. Because every single time they, they come by with the drinks, you know, can I have a can? Can I keep the can? Yes, you can keep the can. I'm just going to put that on a name tag. And I'm not a woman, obviously, but if I were, 
I would have a name tag that says, Oh, Miss, because that's all I heard. Every time somebody went, Oh, Miss, Oh, Miss, Oh, Miss, I would simply name myself, Oh, Miss, and I would put that right onto the name tag, and that's what I would have. So let me tell you a couple radio stations that have tried us out. They're not quite affiliates yet, but they tried us out, and uh, by saying their name, maybe they'll take the hint and set us up as affiliates. W-O-U-B, Ohio University, you tried us out, you looked at a couple shows, come on, set us up, come on, take us on as affiliates. And Aspen Public Radio, by all means, come on, you tried us out, you tried a couple shows. Take us on. Get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and by all means like us. You really like us. Back in a minute, we'll talk more about airplanes here on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, hey, one more quick thing about flying, and and maybe I'm out of line here, but one more quick thing about flying. Uh, I know they pack us in like, you know, tuna fish in a can. I get it. But here's the thing. Uh, Most people, when they get on an airplane, have either A, brought along family members, or B, have brought along their own entertainment. Okay? Uh, maybe you want to talk when you're on an airplane, but I don't. Let's, uh, let's, 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 let's set up these rules, okay? When I get on the airplane, when I sit down next to you, yes, I know we're so close that it seems like we're dating, but when we sit down, we can talk to one another. We can make chit-chat. We can say, hi, how are you? Uh, where are you from? But that's literally the extent. And, and also, don't ask, where are you going? We're on the same airplane, pal. We're going to the same place. Don't look at me. So where are you going? Well, this airplane is on its way to Los Angeles. I'm going to put on a parachute and jump and land somewhere in Arizona. That's where I'm going. You must be traveling on to Los Angeles. Once the plane has taxied and has gotten to the end of the runway, we're done. Let's let's not talk anymore. That's 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 just Joe's rule. If if we could follow that, we'll talk only to that point. Once we get up into the air, let's not talk anymore. Don't don't refer to me how nice the clouds are. Don't do that. Don't don't explain to me that hey, look, you can walk on the clouds, or at least appears you can walk on the clouds. This happened. Can you tell? Uh, don't explain to me that you purchased something and then say when once we get up and can move about the cabin, I'll pull it out of the overhead compartment and we can talk about it. I, I don't want to talk about it. I want to read Sky Mall and continue forward. So. Let's just set that rule. We can say hi. We can talk. Once the taxiing has begun, we're done. That's it. The only other time we get to talk is if the plane's going down. Uh, I'll tell you to get out of my way. That's that's pretty much it. All right, back into music. Uh, a CV240 that belonged to REO Speedwagon. They flew that thing all over the country when they were touring. What did they call it? What else? The Flying Tuna. There you go. It's REO Speedwagon on Rock School. Coming out of Ario Speedwagon, who flew around on the Flying Tuna. You remember one of their albums was You Can Tune a Piano, But You Can't Tune a Fish. So they were sort of tuna 
for a little while. So I, I guess that's the best you can get out of the airplane name. Bottom of the hour, folks. My name is Joe Burns. There's no one here with me. I'm flying solo today. Monique had a little bit of trouble at home. A young kid, nice and sick. So you got to stay home with the kid. Uh, and again, I'm flying solo. Let's do seven days in 70 seconds. Something that happened this week on these rock and roll dates, April 28th, all the way through May 4th. And uh, going into May, man, this year is flying. Maybe I'm just getting old. I turned 50 this year, and it's just getting faster and faster. I never believed people when they said that. Yeah, it's getting faster. Uh, Something that happened on these dates, let's go. April 28th in 1968, the Broadway musical Hair opens up at the Biltmore Theater in New York City. April 29th, 1976, after a gig in Memphis, Bruce Springsteen takes a cab to Elvis Presley's Graceland home and proceeds to climb over the wall. He's arrested. No kidding. April 30th, 1976, The Who's drummer, Keith Moon, pays nine cab drivers to block off both ends of a New York street so he could throw the contents of his hotel room out of the window. Hey, safety first, huh? You don't want anybody down there? Smart thinking, Keith. Good. Good for you. May 1st, 1964, The Beatles received $140,000 for the rights to have their pictures included in packages of bubblegum in the U.S. Can you imagine what the cost would be if you had the entire run of baseball cards with the Beatles on them? I mean, you know what baseball cards are worth today. Serious baseball cards. Not the stuff that's that's put out today in billions. But the stuff, I mean, if you had all the Beatles cards, oh, what you could get for that. May 2nd, 1970, one-hit wonder Norman Greenbaum gets to number one with Spirit in the Sky. May 3rd, 1968, the Beach Boys open their U.S. tour on which they co-headline with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Sure, why not? May 4th, 1987, American blues vocalist, harmonica player Paul Butterfield, who fronted the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, obviously, dies at his home in North Hollywood, California, of drug-related heart failure. And that wraps up seven days in 70 seconds. couple more airplane names for you to play around with. Most people know that uh, Aerosmith had a shot at purchasing the plane that uh, killed many of the people inside of Leonard Skinner. When Aerosmith does fly an airplane during one of their tours, the airplane is always referred to as Aeroforce One. However, on one of their tours, they flew a Citation II private plane. Where did they get it? They purchased it from former Philippine dictator Ferdinand Marcos. Who gets to do that? Who gets to purchase an airplane from a former dictator? Aerosmith, apparently. And one more here. The Doobie Brothers used to rent a two-engine Convair, which they would fly around, and they dubbed it the Doobie Liner. I wonder if said Doobies were inside of. Well, probably not. You can't smoke inside of airplanes anymore. So, Doobie Brothers here on Rock School. All right, talking airplanes here on Rock School. If you ever get a chance, and it's brain candy, I know, but read Sammy Hagar's biography, autobiography. I don't know how much of it he actually wrote, but 
Read the book Red, which discusses his life. You'll be amazed at a lot of the stuff. I mean, whatever you think of the guy, he did have a sense for money. And I know we're talking airplanes today, so I'm going to tell you about what this guy did in terms of air flight. He always seemed to know how to not spend as much money as everybody else. He never stuck his money up his nose. Once his album, Standing Hampton, hits, okay, he's now flush with money. And he noticed that he was paying way too much of it to too many other people. And he was looking around for places where he could save money. You know, where, where can I not pen, spend as much as other places? He decides air flight was where he could save money. Okay, he was paying he thought, too much money to other travel agencies and having too many people set it up. So what he does is he goes out and purchases a California travel agency. He renames, he buys the thing, Steady State Travel in Mill Valley, California, renames it something. And again, you'd, you'd never know it was a rock star travel agency. And it is for him and him alone. The people who work there are retrained to only do rock star travel set up the airplane flights set up the hotels set up this get meat from the hotel to the venue what have you and that's all they do so now he's not spending a whole lot of money all the travel plans are costing him only the fees and salaries of his people all expenses were his and fully deductible to him so with the deductions and all of that through the, the government and taxes and such, he claims he actually made money by doing this. So what? Well, the band Whitesnake hears tale of how smoothly his touring is going. So he contacts him and says, how in the world are you doing this? And he says, well, I've, I've got this travel agency that I purchased. And they say to him, well, can, can we use it? Yeah. So Whitesnake becomes the second group who was taken on by this travel agency. And Hagar has to hire a couple more people to handle them. And after that, it goes on and goes on. And more people are hired to handle more bands and such. And Sammy Hagar, without him doing any of the work, just simply hiring these people and having accountants handle you know, the money, he makes money in his own pocket by himself and other people touring. You know, you think to yourself, oh, rock stars are idiots. Not this guy. And he's done more. I'll tell you another story. Let me play a Sammy Hagar song for you. I'll come back and tell you other stuff he's done in terms of airplanes and businesses. Unbelievable. If you get a chance, read the biography, autobiography. Again, I don't know how much of he wrote. It's Sammy Hagar here on Rock School. Coming out of Sammy Hagar, coming into the second break here on Rock School. Let me continue on with what uh, what Sammy did. Not only does he have his own, and still does to this day as far as I know, have his own travel 
place just for rock stars. And you can only imagine how many employees he has to, I'm sure, hire and take on as more bands come on and use it. Later on in his career... He opens up bike shops, a clothing line. You probably know he joined up with Van Halen, you know, tequila. He sold his tequila line for some absurd amount of money. Well, as he was touring later on, he looked around and said, you know, I'm I'm still buying tickets on an airplane. I'm still renting airplanes. What he did was go, and this is all, again, inside of his book. What he did is he went and bought an airplane. He purchased a Merlin 3, toured with it, and when the tour was over, sold it. And from what he says, was able to sell it for slightly more than he purchased it for. Thus, it basically cost him the gas, parking fees, and salaries of the two pilots if you took the amount of money it would have cost to rent, which would have also included the gas, the parking fees, the salaries of the two pilots, when you took all of that and put it together, it was a dramatic cost reduction over that. And you wonder, why don't bands do this? Well, my assumption is they don't have the money up front. If you're going to buy an airplane, you probably can't sort of just take out the loan, make payments at the loan and such. I'm guessing he purchased the plane outright up front, cash on the barrel. That way he was able to not have interest payments off of a loan and such. But they bands just don't have that kind of money up front, but he was able to do it. It's amazing. Unbelievable. Who's listening to us? WMCE Erie, Pennsylvania. WBSD Burlington, Wisconsin. Okay, back in a minute with more about airplanes here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, whenever you put these shows together, you kind of have it in your head that when the topic gets out, many in the audience are yelling at the radio, yelling at their computer if they're listening to the podcast. They have a name in their head, and they're waiting for it to happen. The the concept of rock stars who are pilots, and I kind of thought the moment I said it, someone's going to go, Bruce Dickinson. You have probably seen him as a pilot if you've seen the documentaries that are done on Iron Maiden, uh, the big one was Iron Maiden Flight 666. You see him piloting Iron Maiden's chartered Boeing 757, which they dubbed Ed Force One. I mean, the guy is an absolute renaissance man. He has a degree in history. Apparently, when he was in school, he was an A-level student in anything. Learning just comes ridiculously easy to the man. Uh, he's a fencer. From what I understand, I mean, and his his lyrics have, you know, English references throughout uh, throughout all of the stanzas and such. But it's obviously his flying. I want to talk uh, talk to you about today. Uh, he learned to fly recreationally in Florida in the 1990s and holds an airline transport pilot's license. Interestingly enough, though, because he has such a high level, I guess, license. He has done some real high-profile flights. Let me just read a few of these to you. He uh, returned a group of British RAF pilots from Afghanistan in 2008. 
He took 200 U.K. citizens from Lebanon during the Israel-Hezbollah conflict in 2006, uh, 180 stranded holidaymakers from Egypt following the collapse of the XL Airways uh, U.K. in September of 2008. Uh, it goes on and on. He's not only just you know flying his band around and flying from one party to the next. This guy has done some wonderful things with the fact that he can fly, the ability that he can get an airplane up and down safely. It's almost amazing. It's run for the hills. There's Bruce out front, Iron Maiden on Rock School. Okay, last break here on Rock School, and uh, I did it pretty much correctly. I mean, I am out of information. Everything I want to talk to you about, I have. What I have left will fill the last break. It was a Convair 240 that uh, crashed, killing many members of Leonard Skinnerd. Ricky Nelson's last flight was on a DC-3. Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens crashed in a V-tail beach bonanza shortly after takeoff. And the one I'm going to finish up on, if you're a Led Zeppelin fan, you know that famous, famous picture of the four band members standing against where the wing meets the body of their 1970s airplane. And my guess is you already know what the airplane was nicknamed. It was a Boeing 720B. It's the one they used in the mid-1970s. And if you've seen the movie, the song remains the same. That's the airplane that they're getting on at the end of the film. And also you see the airplane taking off. And I'll pause for a second. Those of you who are Zeppelin fans, the nickname of the airplane is... Okay, I'm sure a lot of you said it. It was called the Starship. So that's everything I have on airplanes. I'm sure there is a lot more, but that's the research I was able to do. We'll finish with Led Zeppelin. Uh, hopefully the kid will not get sick next week and Monique will be back, but um, I was flying solo this week. That wraps things up. Class is dismissed. We're the